0: Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Jack Cudell, did I pronounce your name right? Yes, you did. Close. Okay. Yeah, very no, good. You
1: did very well. Thank
0: you, <clears throat> uh, Jack. It's a uh, well. It's a, a privilege to have this conversation with you. And uh, I understand. Well, we'll get to this in a moment. That we have something, or you have something, that to celebrate today. So, first of all, for the uh, our listeners who perhaps don't
1: know you, Jack, if you would introduce yourself. Yeah, <clears throat> great to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. Jack Cudell, I'm founder and CEO of Cowbell Cyber. Uh, Yes, uh, you know, great news yesterday. Uh, We announced our Series B financing, uh, about $100 million of raise. It's the largest raise that we have uh, accomplished uh, in our uh, three-year long history. And uh, all 138 Cowbellers, our employees, my colleagues, were very, very proud of uh, Uh, from this milestone, and we know there is a lot of work ahead of us. When you get $100
0: million, that means that there's a tremendous amount of work ahead of you, right? There is, and 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 that
1: also means what led to the $100 million raised was also a lot of work.
0: Well, yeah. Congratulations on that. So as you'd said, this is series B and, um, you know, generally funding is pretty public information. Anybody can jump online to go to Crunchbase or something like that. So my recollection is you had previously raised a, a tick over 120. So... Now, we're starting to talk about kind of a serious investment, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. It is, you know, we're solving a complex problem, Michael. You and, are
0: solving uh, a complex problem that um,
1: seems to be growing in complexity. In And in a big market. And that's what the market is. Uh, the threat landscape is evolving every day. Okay. Uh, it wasn't just COVID-19, that kind of expanded the attack surface. Now you have the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Now, these I, I was going things... to dig into that one. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm glad you
0: raised that. So, but before, um, I don't want to leave our listeners in the dark. Uh, there are a number of fairly serious issues that I want to um, have a conversation with you about. But f- first of all, Jack, w- what is it that Cowbell does?
1: Yeah. So let me... Uh... Just, I, kn- I think you asked me the question before. Let me just say, Michael, just a few things about uh, uh, about Jack. Uh, I'm an engineer turned sales exec, turned a uh, CEO, turned an entrepreneur. <clears throat> and about three years ago, I looked at the cyber insurance and cybersecurity market. You know, cybersecurity market, Michael, that, uh, developed in front of our eyes over the last decade, and I participated in it. The market is now at $150 billion. um, And yet it is focused on predominantly prevention and detention of cyber attacks. Uh, Cyber insurance, on the other hand, uh, it is a market in transition. Uh, The market is about somewhat $10 billion in premium uh, currently. And we estimate it is a $100 billion market by the end of this decade in terms of an enforced premium. Now, you know, Cowbell, since our inception, we had a single goal that we wanted to change how cyber risk is underwritten, how it's distributed, how it's sold, how it's bought, how the claims are handled and how it's measured. And so we began that journey about three years ago. And today, we're very proud that we are uh, one of the leading providers of cyber insurance to small to medium-sized businesses. So you know, we are a full-stack MGA, managing general agency for our audience. We have delegation of authority to underwrite uh, for binding the business, for distributing the business, handling claims, negotiating reinsurance uh, for our business uh, and the programs. And so we're doing an amazing job, uh, and we believe that we have contributed to a significant degree to the marketplace in terms of what we do and how we innovated uh, underwriting of cyber risk to this date. We're 138 employees strong. Uh, You heard about the financial capital, but we focus on not only financial capital, but human capital is the most important core tenet. For the company, and of course, the social capital that goes with both of the uh, financial and a uh, human capital. So, uh, uh in a nutshell, Cowbell uh, today a leading provider of cyber insurance for small to medium sized businesses, and it is predominantly based upon uh, data, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning models, and some of our proprietary ratings factors, if you will. Yeah. Okay.
0: You said something a moment ago that's really fairly stunning, and I can't – off the top of my head, I can't think of another market that could claim a prediction like you just made that that by the end of this decade, which t- is ticking along fairly quickly, um, that that the market itself would grow
1: 10x, from 10 billion to 100 billion. Yeah. It's, that's a that's – It's a, doubling, doubling every two and a half, three years, uh, and – Uh, threat landscape has accelerated so much. Uh, Having cyber insurance policy is no longer a contractual obligation or fear alone. Cyber risk is now a prime business risk. And so, you know, one in every five small to medium-sized businesses are still underinsured or uninsured. So the opportunity cyber? in cyber, risk, one in five, one in five, uh, one in five is insured. Four out of five, if I misspoke um, there, four out of five are underinsured or uninsured. So you have eighty percent of the market that is looking for cyber risk uh, insurance uh, on a everyday basis. And so the market is uh, doubling every two and a half, every three years. and that is why we are very bullish on just the overall size of the market and uh, where it's going to take us by the end of this decade. All right. Um,
0: well, let's let's dive into this. Um, I I will want to go back. I think Jack and get your perspective on the major trends that are affecting this industry. Um, but let, let's dive into. The- to this one in particular, because it does seem so stunning. I do want to ask a question. Um, Cowbell is roughly three years old. Yes. What okay. was your insurance
1: experience before that? It's a very interesting question. Uh, none Okay. Uh, about yep. three years ago. Uh, I think it was about three and a half years ago. I had to look up what a binder was. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, most of my career, about 25 years, I had helped build businesses, startup, uh, build bigger businesses, uh, all the way from a smallest business to a billion-dollar business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and predominantly, all my background was in software, uh, notably in cybersecurity. And so what it allowed me to do is look at the industry from outside in. Mm -hmm. So what what did you
0: see? Obviously, you saw that there was a, uh, well, a threat and an opportunity in cyber. But what what else did you see when you looked at this
1: Mm -hmm. industry? A couple very important aspects. Beyond, it was a complex problem to solve in a big market, which is kind of essential for uh, building business, if you will. Uh, What I saw was the process of buying cyber insurance was really really hard uh, that was number one what i saw was our broker partners didn't really know much about what is the cyber risk product uh, there wasn't a lot of product out there uh, what i saw was the businesses didn't really know if they needed one uh, policy for cyber risk so the the eye opener here was you have buyers and sellers, the brokers and the businesses. Uh, the sellers were not trained enough in cyber risk, and buyers did not know if they needed this product. Can, can I
0: ask you a question? Yes. About that? Yeah. Um, people buy insurance for different reasons. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's required by uh, law, sometimes required by uh, lender. Yep. Uh, and sometimes it's uh, prudent, right? Uh, we recognize a risk and um, either independently or maybe in a conversation with a broker, we acknowledge that risk and we purchase insurance. Um, so th- now we have something that in the scope of things, Jack, is relatively new. Okay. I mean, a property obviously has been around as long as insurance has been around and, you know, various risks have been around for hundreds of years, but cyber, obviously is a is a uh, newer risk the um uh the the drive to um purchase the product to to go from 10 billion to 100 billion uh i'm curious where you see that coming from is it coming from uh, sellers brokers who are educating the market or is it coming more from the market that has an inherent um, understanding of the risk reads about it in the news, um, is legitimately frightened about it and makes a decision or it, it, uh, yeah.
1: What is it that's driving that growth? Yeah. So, you know, during COVID, uh, most and every business went from what I call is offline to online. You were able to shake hands, meet somebody for a cup of coffee, have lunch, discuss business, be able to present your proposal. Uh, But since everything went on uh, online, uh, as most of us were working from our living room, the attack surface, right? The digital footprint of the business was expanded so much. That means there was so much exposed uh, to the bad actors, the threat actors out there. And so now you have so much um, exposure in terms of, cyber attacks uh, coming at you and so that has fundamentally changed uh, the mm-hmm. need for cyber insurance that is number one so the compute the property in this question is now exposed it has become a higher risk the second aspect is and the russia ukraine conflict conflict has only accelerated the process but for a long time you know, you are only you are less secure tomorrow than you are today. Even not taking any action, uh, because the threat landscape around us is changing dramatically. And so, because of the threat landscape change, the uh, the change in the compute and the nature of the business going from offline to online. I used to call it O o2o during the COVID timeline. Uh, this has made cyber risk uh, management as an essential part of running business day to day. What that means is if you uh, are faced with a cyber threat or cyber attack and an event occurs as part of your day to day business, whether it could be a smaller business, Mm -hmm. like SMEs, it could be midsize business. Uh, If you if, if a threat occurs, and if you held ransom, Uh, For certain amount there is a chance and it has happened a lot with smaller businesses that you are unable to operate your business Monday after And so, you know, we hear about cyber attacks for large companies uh, And large institutions in the newspaper The small to medium-sized businesses not only doesn't make it into the news uh, It is a fundamental risk that we need to manage in order for us to continue doing business and that is what I was referring to earlier is this is not only a contractual obligation anymore this is not just about fear that would I get this is about a uh, it's an in a new world you know where uh, the compute is all digital and the uh, uh, threats are so accelerated and the threat level is so high that we have to manage the risk and that is driving uh, the demand for cyber insurance right it's not three years ago when we began it was about do I need cyber insurance today? How do I get cyber insurance? Uh, that is the question for a business. So
0: owner. are, are you, or is your distribution force, um, um, seeing a change in the marketplace itself, the attitude of the marketplace itself so that they don't so much need to be persuaded to buy it as they it is true
1: that. Uh, yeah. It is true that, uh, they, the business has one education. It's and so there is a first. If you look at the layers of uh, uh, complexity here, first is do I need to uh, protect myself from cyber risk? Second, what are the right type of coverages? The product in cyber uh, line of insurance uh, it's still evolving. The market is in transition. Uh, uh, there is a lot of innovation that still need to take place in this market. So. The businesses still need to be educated. Okay, I I do need, I understand, I do need a cyber insurance to mitigate the risk. But what is the right product for me? Who do I buy it from? Uh, What's the right, uh, do I need? uh, What's the limit? uh, What's the deductible? And by the way, can I afford the premium? It is not the cheapest product out there uh, for, uh, unlike many other commercial lines of product. So... Uh, the demand is there, uh, but demand still requires a, a trusted advisor relationship. This is why the brokers, independent brokers, are so important and critical in the supply chain of cyber risk to the businesses that need it and the, uh, and the providers like ourselves. And this is why it is a 100% channel for us uh, uh, at All mm-hmm. All right
0: uh well so i've got three questions (laughs) well let's let's try to take these we'll get through all yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you you the more the more you talk the more questions i have um so uh these are the three and i there's probably a logical order to this you know number one what is cyber risk so i I want to get your perspective on um what that actually means to a small medium-sized business number two is you have more than once now indicated that the russia ukraine conflict will probably exacerbate mm-hmm. some of these risks and then the third one <coughs> which i think we'll get to last is um what are the risk prevention um, and educational and risk management um uh, opportunities or responsibilities that a broker can advise on, or that a smaller or medium-sized business can take. So let's let's take this one at a time. When you when you say cyber risk, of course you're familiar with that, living it day in and a day
1: out. What does that mean? Yeah. So an uh, ability for a business to uh, uh, be able to protect themselves from uh, at cyber threats and attacks on their business and essentially the financial protection uh, that uh, it can provide. And so cyber risk policy would include uh, first party uh, expenses, uh, first party liabilities, and also third party liabilities. And what that means is, uh, you know, there is cyber crime, for example, uh, social engineering, invoice manipulation, uh, phishing attacks. Uh, Someone holding a business at ransom uh, so that you are unable to perform your day-to-day business operations unless you pay uh, uh, a certain ransom to somebody. Uh, As the businesses get bigger, uh, you have regulations like GDPR, CCPA, uh, and so how do you protect from penalties? And in the event if the attack happens, uh, there is more than just paying ransom. There is a business interruption that occurs uh, that you are unable to, uh, your revenue impact. Uh, if you are in construction, there could be, you could be missing bids. Uh, so it's a missed bid uh, part of the cyber risk policy. If you're in manufacturing, uh, you have contractual damages because of cyber attack, uh-huh. you have contractual damages. There are some businesses, you have bodily injury. Uh, because of cyber threat, cyber attack. Uh, And so all the way from, you know, crisis management, uh, forensics, to uh, PR, to notifications, to regulatory expenses. But essentially it fits into the three categories, the first party expense, first party liabilities, uh, and a third party liability. So that is essentially a uh, cyber risk policy for small to medium sized business. Um, can you exemplify a
0: possible situation? So, um, so what happens? Somebody, somebody um, shows up at work, and
1: what happens? And, yeah, you uh, start your uh, day-to-day operation, and get a nice cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> Sitting there, and uh, you just figured out that you have a ransom demand. Uh, how, how does cannot... that appear? So you turn on your computer, yeah. okay? And, and it so, could be so what, anybody,
0: right? It doesn't just have to be the CEO or the president. And...
1: Yeah, it could be anybody. Essentially, you know, as you go along, want to go along your day-to-day task, mm-hmm. and right. you're basically, your computer is uh, uh, d- uh, not functioning. Uh, we we call it it becomes a brick so your computer is sitting there and it has sometimes you allow a message sometime it will say uh, this is the link uh, you know you are under attack uh sometime you will get notifications via other means whether something will come in your email uh, but essentially you're unable to function your day-to-day duties because you're computing environment that is essential for you to run your business is, an, mm-hmm. you know, not operational at the right. time. Right. And that is when you know you are under attack. Uh, and that means it by the time you got there, a lot has happened before uh, Before you got there. Uh, it could be simply an employee clicking on an email. It could be phishing attack an orchestrated, coordinated. Uh, it could be a software patch that was not uh, essentially configured right or mm-hmm. deployed on time and some threat actor made an entry into your system. Uh, So it takes a while uh, uh, for threat actors to really uh, go and prepare uh, for that day, Uh, call it a zero day, if you will. And so you're unable to function. And so this is where now what you do next, right? Now, if it happens on 5.30 p.m. Friday night, it's even worse, who do you call? Uh, And so this is where cyber insurance (coughs) and so this is not just a policy right you have to have a uh, immediate access to heartline so you can get a breach counsel who can guide you on how to go about this uh, you need a forensics to make sure how do we um, uh, pro- protect this from further uh, attacks uh, across the company if it's just a part of the company <laughs> so what do mm-hmm. you do next uh, in order to get your business back in business so Uh, This is where the insurance provider uh, comes into the picture. And so unlike any other risk, uh, this has to be done on time, with speed, with accuracy, and with a lot of expertise, which is very unique uh, to this line of business. Um, Now, you'd
0: also mentioned a a few minutes ago that we'll read about the cyber attack on a major meat Packing plant or a um, and, uh, a major uh, utility uh, because the consequences are uh, enormous. But we, typically, we don't read about a small and medium business that has so. Uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about the frequency of that. How 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 often does that happen?
1: Yep. Um, the frequency in uh, small to medium sized businesses. Is uh, been picking up recently. The severity is uh, still increasing, but not at the same pace. Uh, on average, uh, you know, you're looking at large businesses are more vulnerable to the attack. Uh, A, because yes, they have ability to to pay for ransom. Uh, B, they're most likely to have cyber insurance policies. Um, and and see their infrastructure is so big that the attack surface is so big for large business. Mm-hmm. So compared to the large businesses, the small to medium sized business, uh, you don't have a lot of compute. Uh, so your attack surface is small. Uh, the threat actor is unsure that you have cyber risk policy, and the chances are you may not because four out of five do not uh, have any kind of cyber coverage today. Uh, and last but not least is uh, the ability to make that payment uh, is very uh, reduced. Uh, and it is risk for a business itself because uh, if the ransom demand is significantly high, uh, that you may not be able to pay ransom demand and your systems may be, uh, not be operational forever. It mm-hmm. happens a lot. So you hear about large businesses in the news, small businesses, they just go out of business. Uh, uh. And so the frequency is increasing and predominantly because of a supply chain attacks. When a large business gets gets attacked, there are small businesses are dependent, not only interdependent, but they're interconnected with large businesses. And so this connectivity between large business and small businesses in the interconnected world uh, is pretty heavy. And so you may not get... Uh, uh, attack directly as a small business, but you may have a business interruption because a partner of yours who happens to be a large business is under attack, and you have the consequences of uh, uh, them being under attack, and you are unable to operate. Oh, That is okay. so that, not very good. Yeah. Um, so what happens there? So that's that's a
0: situation that I think a lot of people probably don't think about, that... Yeah you know they'll they'll show up to work with a, a nice hot cup of coffee and sit down in front of the computer and everything is working fine but you know maybe they'll get a phone call or they'll get an email or they'll get you know <laughs> notified that they actually can't operate because one of their suppliers has been under attack
1: so what, what chain, happens there yeah supply chain risk is the biggest risk uh, for every business going forward in terms of cyber risk. Um, yes, you uh, have business interruption. Of course, you know the dependency on partners uh, as every business, you either have redundancy there or not. And if you don't, uh, you are simply, and there are products who can protect you from a contingent business interruption, if you will. There are uh, cyber products. Cyber products, yes, of course and uh cyber products have evolved. although the industry is in trend the the business is in the the market is in transition the product has evolved and matured to a great degree there is still more to be done uh, but what it was three years ago uh, so yes there is a, uh, a coverage for system failure there is a coverage for dependent system failure there's coverage for business interruption. There's a coverage for contingent business interruption. Not every business uh, gets that type of coverage and not every provider is able to provide that type of coverage to every business out there. Right. And so and uh, and obviously there is a price for every type of coverage. So uh, but the market has evolved. And yes, your dependency on a partner supplier uh, or uh, anyone else that you interact with uh, if there is a cyber threat and if one of them is under attack it is going to impact everybody else and it is the biggest threat in my view going forward to SMBs Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a direct threat but there's also supply chain threat Um, yeah yeah okay so so let's um, I want to
0: go to kind of the, the next issue you'd mentioned that <clears throat> um you see this uh, the, um activity accelerating uh in in particular because of the Russia Ukraine
1: conflict. Yep. Talk to us about that. Yeah. And I uh you know I think I would allude back to also the supply chain risk um uh, you know, the, there's always been a threat landscape with or without conflict. There's always uh, right. every day. And as I mentioned, you are less secure tomorrow as a business than you are today because the threat around you is increasing and you are still at the same level without you having to do anything. Um, the conflicts like this, uh, Russia conflict, of course, there is a good part of it is a cyber warfare. And what it does is it, it brings more utilities, more tools, uh, and more programs out in the dark world. Uh, and so that becomes uh, immediately accessible to threat actors to continue to deploy that elsewhere uh, because it's out there in the marketplace uh, and it has uh, threat actors have access to that, whether it was designed for, uh, if you remember, uh the Merck settlement uh, it was a billion dollar plus settlement uh, and the cause of that was the not pecha um uh uh incident it was initially designed uh, to target ukraine uh, and ukrainian businesses and government institutions and uh, and the infrastructure and it has its impact all the way here so in a global setting, uh, a, a new tool that is developed uh, uh, to hurt uh, one nation state by the another nation state is already available for everybody else to hurt other businesses or individuals or other nations, if you will. And so what it does, it, it essentially increases uh, and elevates the threat landscape and that means the businesses around the world uh, becomes less secure because the threat landscape has just gone really high up. And so, you know, with Russia-Ukraine conflict, uh, there are obviously tools and programs that are out there uh, that are now being used by and are accessible to uh, threat actors who are not focusing on Ukraine or Russia at this moment.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Um so what um and so so let me ask you a question uh, uh, um so this um this industry really is is spawned because of their bad actors this is not a slip and fall insurance this is a this is this is um fueled by criminal enterprise right
1: yep yeah yep. Okay. And, and expansion of our Compute, uh, expansion computer, of the compute, the infrastructure. The infrastructure, right? The infrastructure, the migration to cloud. See what used to happen, Michael. Before, you know, before cyber risk was a thing, uh, most of the compute was behind a firewall, right? And right. So now, a lot ah. of compute is in the cloud. And so all of a sudden it is exposed to everybody, right? You No, no longer you have to go through a firewall to access someone's computer. Uh, and that, when I call it the attack surface, has expanded. Uh, that is what I mean by now there is so much compute and infrastructure that was protected behind the firewall. Mm-hmm. is now out there that can be seen and is exposed to all kind of bad things. And so that is one, and that has given the criminal enterprises an opportunity uh, to look at more. Their market has expanded significantly because of the migration to cloud. And And so
0: uh, uh, let me just ask the appropriate dumb question. (laughs) Um,
1: The cloud is less secure than the small to medium business firewall? No, cloud is... Well the fact when you go to cloud you have to make sure that it is more secure than what you had before right yeah but even if it's uh, more secure uh, the deployment of the cloud the the exposure is pretty high out there. So you could afford an unpatched server behind the firewall right for a long period of time now no longer and people still getting through firewall. But you cannot absolutely afford anything that is less secure or not enough configured in the cloud. So although the compute in the cloud is more and more secure, I mean, that's what $150 billion cybersecurity industry is, uh, cloud security. Uh, And so there are tools. So it is secure, but the exposure is really, really high. Uh, And that is my point is... uh, It's the criminal enterprise that is uh, thrived because of the exposure in the compute going from behind the firewall to, uh, there is no perimeter, if you will. Um,
0: So do you see, uh, um, as we uh, walk through this decade, um, it it would seem that, you know, we've got, two sides that are playing this game offense and defense and so the bad actors are playing the offensive game and businesses and their security support systems are trying to play the defensive game um where where does this who who i mean ultimately who wins or is this just a mm-hmm. this is the ongoing new new problem i mean uh, you know you used to be of course, they still do. People would break in you know doors and yeah. windows, and now they're breaking into the cloud or breaking yeah. into your computer <clears throat> infrastructure um, and And like you said, we have a hundred and fifty billion dollar industry
1: that's trying to protect us. Um, who who wins? I think the biggest thing is <clears throat> the way I look at the cycle is you got a $150 billion industry that's looking mm-hmm. at preventing this cyber attack and detecting them, prevention and detection. And you have this new industry, the new market that is cyber insurance market, <clears throat> that's lo- we look looking at from 10 billion to 100 billion. And that's looking at financial protection, response and recovery. So it's an extension of the life cycle mm-hmm. of a business's <clears throat> digital footprint. Uh, in in better t- better words. Uh, so there is no winners and no losers uh, in this market. It's just a new way of managing, running, and operating your business. Uh, All right, digital, so risk, digital risk is a business risk going forward. Just right, the so... same way property market evolved, cyber uh-huh. market is uh, yeah. going to be involved and perhaps even outpace the property market over time. Uh, ah, say that one more time that this could yep. possibly outpace the property market.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, and fair enough. I don't sure. know. If that's end
1: of the decade, but there's definitely yeah. a definitely a size and opportunity for this market to become much bigger than the property market. Fascinating. Okay,
0: so I want to bring this down to a very practical level, um, both for the end user, for the small, and medium-sized business, and for the broker. Um, what are what are practical things that a, a business should do to protect itself? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, are- I mean, I, obviously, I, I know from our, our previous conversations, Jack, that uh, prevention is uh, an important part of. Yeah, You know, your overall scope of view.
1: There are three things that everyone should do. Um, And there's a baseline that everyone must do. The baseline is the cybersecurity awareness training, right? Most of the largest and largest, the biggest cyber attacks have often occurred because of a small error, right? It's because an employee clicked an email. It is because some uh, malware was introduced uh, because of a human error. The, the mo- In so
0: many ways, the most innocent or unconscious act, Undo- the most trivial act really
1: opens the door. Yeah. And okay. so the only way to avoid that is a cybersecurity awareness training mm-hmm. for all employees. So that is the baseline. Everyone must have a and there are so many i mean we offer free training for all of our policyholders and their employees uh, for example so cybersecurity awareness training knowing what to do what not to do uh, is important and then there are three things that every business should look at the three very simple things first and foremost multi-factor authentication right not just rely on a single password right having a multi-factor authentication which basically protects you from uh, someone else accessing uh, your account. So Mm -hmm. multi-factor authentication is an important part every business must implement. Uh, Amazon uh, and a lot of other cybersecurity companies, in some cases, they want offer it at no cost. Uh, So for small to medium-sized businesses, you have an amazing number of tools available to protect your access to the information. Call it a crown jewel. Uh, into into the cloud environment. The second is uh, having backups of your systems that are not only encrypted, but they are uh, offline. That means in the event, if your business is held at ransom because you cannot operate, uh, you are able to restore uh, to a previous state. Uh, and that basically allows you to go back and start Operating your business again, uh, so that's important. Uh, multi-factor authentication, one uh, having backups that are encrypted and uh, and offline, and third, having an incident response plan uh, that you can activate. Question number one: When you see your computer screen behaving very differently than you you're able to see every day, what is the next immediate thing you do? What is the sequence of event? Who do you call? What do you communicate to your employees, to your partners? So, having an incident response plan. Those are three very, very important things that every business, whether you have a cyber risk policy or not, or cyber insurance, you should do those three things no matter what. Yeah, very good.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, and for the broker who's perhaps not familiar with this, but maybe listened to this podcast and they and they said, and they heard you say. A tenfold increase in a market. Yeah, maybe I want to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, what do you think they should do? How do they get educated?
1: Yeah, they, uh, uh, of course, we, uh, you know, we are about 14,000 brokers on our platform. Uh, by the way, congratulations
0: on that. I was aware of that. In fact, when last time we spoke, which wasn't that long ago, was 13,000. So, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. we, uh,
1: you know, and again, we're, that's our only channel. Uh, we're very committed to uh, our broker channel. Uh, you know, this is a new line of business for brokers uh, right. to sell product. It's also the one where premium is increasing. I mean, last year we saw anywhere from 30 to 60% increase in premium. Uh, the way I look at this. So, you know, this, so uh, uh, let's do that again. So the, the average
0: I- increase, do you know what the average increase was last year?
1: Uh, thirty to fifty seven percent was a premium increase uh, during twenty twenty one in cyber premiums um, <laughs> and, and it, and it yeah, well yeah, <laughs> I, I, at, at at some point yeah th- those are
0: th- th- so not only is the market you know expanding in terms of usage but the premium is expanding as well i don't know if that yeah. if that's that's probably part of your equation to go from ten to a hundred but uh, that let, increase let me, in premium is significant. At some point, people are going to. I mean, some are going to say, "You know, I'm a small business. Cash flow really matters." Um, and so, we're going to pass on it this year, right? It, that's yeah, yeah. Those those it's, are the kind of increases that
1: yeah, you know, it's tough to it's, pass on. This is a fundamental risk. Let me take a hundred thousand feet level. What I call last three year was a wave. What is the first wave? of cyber insurance growth and it was predominantly driven by increase in premium right and i see the next the second wave of cyber insurance growth over next 18 24 months and that will be driven not only by the premium increase but also market expansion that means more businesses wanting to buy cyber Uh policy so this has a, a multitude effect Uh, in terms of how fast is marketing. If I'm a broker, an independent agency today, just the way I started selling a business owner's policy when I began my career, cyber is that new thing. Every Uh, business must have. And so you want to be able to educate your businesses on... It's not the question of do you need a cyber risk policy. It's kind of what kind of cyber risk policy is good for you. What are the limits? What product uh, what's the deductible is this the right product for you is the premium affordable and and so on so the education uh, uh, about cyber risk and there are so much available almost every insurance provider uh, in this line uh, is helping their brokers get educated uh, get new tools and there's so much to a degree now there's so much data that's available uh, that to digest. But the most important thing as a broker that I would do is how do I build my, how do I protect my customers, my my booker business, mm-hmm. that the way I did it for workers' comp, for business owners' policy, mm-hmm. how do I do that for cyber risk? And of course, you're going to benefit that from in, increase book of business, but this is the time uh, to make that happen. You know, the 80% SMBs the four out of five SMBs who do not have cyber insurance, uh, they are out there. They're still trying to figure out what they need. And it's the only the broker that can help them make that decision. And, uh, you know, in uh, in an unfortunate event when an attack happens and when your customer does not have a cyber risk policy, that is a bad day, not just for the business, but also for the broker. Uh, because you were not able right. to protect your customer mm-hmm. from the risk that you had known and seen before, and uh, uh, so building co- a new co- question, line of business.
0: I I don't know the answer to, and I'm, I, I I don't know if you know the answer to this either. But uh, have you seen instances where businesses were hurt by a cyber threat, and then there was an errors and omissions claim against the broker?
1: Uh, it happen happens occasionally. Uh huh. Uh, it happens occasionally. There's always a risk uh, yeah. for that. And I think this is why, you know, we all know the threat landscape. Uh, and it is our uh, mm. moral duty to consult with our business partner. Uh, so and- after they heard this conversation, then there are no more excuses. <laughs> mm. uh, it's uh, important.
0: Yeah. I, I have one last question for you, Jack. Um
1: What's unique about, uh, cowbell? Yeah, you know, we built the business, not because it's just a big market. We are build the business because we wanted to solve a complex risk. Uh, we're a very responsible underwriter, uh, and we underwrite with a very unique approach, uh, traditionally cyber risk was underwritten, uh, based upon three main parameters, the revenue of the business the employee size of the business and the industry of that business. And based upon the all the conversation we had, those three things do not represent the cyber risk that is uh, inherited in, as part of that business. Ah. So we, um, we monitor about 75% of the market. We monitor 23 million of the 32 million businesses on a continuous basis. For their cyber risk. What what does that mean when you say you monitor 23 million businesses? And as you, as I think, as we alluded before, that when the compute is out there, it is exposed on in the cloud environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And not only the threat actors can see it, uh, but everybody else can see it. So what we make sure is we monitor uh, across 1000 plus different data points we try to understand how exposed that particular infrastructure is to the criminal enterprises. Mm -hmm. And we rate that infrastructure very granularly, individualized for that customer, and on a continuous basis, 24 by 7. So we're monitoring about 75% of the market today. That is our risk pool. So when when we have to underwrite a new risk, a new business that is coming in, the chance, 75% chance is that we're already monitoring that business for last two to two and a half years. And that gives us an opportunity to relatively understand where that business is compared to everybody else. And we use those aspects to underwrite that business as opposed to using revenue or employee size or industry. So we are very unique uh, uh, in terms yeah. of how we underwrite cyber risk. And that mm-hmm. helps the broker to explain it to the business why you are underwritten the way you are underwritten, why the limits are where they are, uh, because this is what your cyber risk posture looks like today. And by the way, that's one part. What we also do is we help businesses improve that risk uh, as they become our policyholders. So we offer them insights, recommendations. We offer them tools. uh, We offer them access to our marketplace. We have about 40 different cybersecurity suppliers who are willing to work with them, uh, offering discounts, offering concessions. Uh, And then we have, uh, in the event if something unfortunate happens, we have uh, claims handling and risk engineering that allows them to mitigate these situations rapidly uh, with uh, as little as expense as possible. uh, And most importantly, making sure that the business is back uh, operating again mm-hmm. so uh, cowbells not only it's a we have admitted products we are non-admitted products we have primary products we have excess product we focus on businesses between uh, zero to 250 million in revenue and that's the 32 million businesses uh, and you know we offer uh, in fact our first six thousand brokers we're independent uh, brokers and even that is our predominantly uh, the, the, the channel for us to take our product to the market uh, so we we thrive on that partnership and uh, we look to enhance and increase you saw we are increase of thousand uh, producers since the last times we spoke uh, and uh, yeah. we think this, we think <laughs> this will uh, Right. We think this will grow because there's just a huge demand in the market for the product. Got it. Um, Jack, it's been a pleasure
0: spending time with you. I appreciate you sharing your expertise and, and um, opening our eyes up to a, uh, well, a serious risk. Uh, you know, But for those of us who are in the business of protecting, um, a genuine opportunity to help protect people.
1: Thanks for having me. I enjoyed speaking with you, and uh, I look forward to staying in touch.
0: Thank you, Jack. Take care. And, and also, I don't get to say this uh, at every podcast. Congratulations on the $100 million yesterday. <laughs> thanks. <you. laughs> so, we it, We call it more cowbells. <clears throat> more cowbells. <laughs> more cowbells. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Until next time. Thank you very right. much. See you. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the connected insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.